My Darash title today is kind of lengthy, Kingdom Living, Appraising, Prioritizing, and Executing Choices. Let me say that again. Kingdom Living, Appraising, Prioritizing, and Executing Choices. So we're going to look at Mary and Martha, otherwise known as Martha and Miriam. So now Yeshua followers are called to live in the kingdom of God, not according to this present world, in this worldly kingdom. We're called to live in the kingdom of God. We're called to live transformed lives in Olam Hazed, this present world, but not to conform it. And Rabbi Shaul says we're to live in the world, but not of it. If we are being transformed lives in the kingdom of God by necessity, we need to praise our kingdom values, prioritize our schedules, and daily execute appropriate choices. We live in a very busy society. And unless we have personal lives that are ordered by the Lord, there's a tendency to get our priorities out of whack, our appraisal out of whack, our executing of choices may be wrong choices for the moment. So if you ask the average person in the street how they're doing, you might get a response, oh, I'm so busy, right? I'm busy. We wear that as a merit badge. But we need to ask ourselves this. In our frenetic pace of life, are we living according to kingdom priorities or do we choose to live as if we belong to this present world? I think that's a message for all of us, and myself included. We live in a frenetic society in which everything is busy, busy, busy. We need to ask ourselves, busy for whose kingdom? Okay? In our text taken from Luke 10, 30 to 42, we were examined two sisters, Marta or, Mar- or Martha and Miriam or Mary, who make choices based upon their appraisal of their current circumstances and making choices based upon those priorities. So let's read Luke 10, 38 to 42. Now, as they were traveling along, he entered a certain village, and a woman named Marta welcomed him into her home. Verse 39. And she had a sister named Miriam, who moreover was listening at the Lord's word, seated at his feet. But Marta was distracted with all her preparations. She came to him, and I'm reading from the Peter's dramatic version now. Lord, do you not care that my sister is left me to do all the serving alone? Tell her to get up and help me. Do you like that version? But the Lord answered her and said, Marta, Marta, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only a few things are necessary, really only one. For Miriam has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. Now, let's be honest. How many times have you heard sermons where Martha was berated and and Miriam, Mary was like, oh, she's so wonderful sitting at the Lord's feet. Martha gets a bum rap. I am here today to somewhat defend her for her choice, something you probably never will hear again. Because we're going to see the context goes all the way back through the chapter 10 of Luke, and we're going to see how Luke writes about service for the Lord and how it changes slightly at the end of this passage. So, some general observations from this text. What roles do each participant in this narrative have? So let's look at the narrative location. A certain village. If you look at verse 30, a certain village. Well, uh, it doesn't say which village, but if you look at John, we won't turn to it, but if you look at John 11, we see that there's two sisters, Mary and Martha, or uh, Martha and Miriam, and then a man named Eleazar, you might know as Lazarus. And they lived in Bethany. 
which is quoted to verse 38 of John 11, located two miles from Jerusalem. So we get the context in John, but not in Luke here. How about the characters? Marta. In verse 38, it states she welcomed him into her home, indicating she possibly was the owner of the home, or at least she took control of it. Perhaps Lazarus may have been the owner, we don't know. But it looks like that she, Marta, invited Yeshua into her home, which indicates that Marta's function was as a hostess. Very important. How about Miriam or Mary? Verse 39, it says that uh, although she is not the host, she certainly could have assisted in one, but she merely came and sat at Yeshua's feet. So she was not the host or hostess, but she could have served as one as assistant. How about the Yeshua? You notice that uh, it just says that she, uh, 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 she invited him into her house. So the him obviously referred back to Yeshua. He was the honored guest, and apparently the guest speaker presenting a darash. How about the disciples? Now, you were saying disciples. That's not mentioned here. Well, look at verse 38. Now, as they were traveling, who's the they? The they is the disciples and Yeshua. So uh, they are, are two are honored guests. So we looked at the characters. Let's look at the situation now. Martha invites Yeshua and her disciples in her home and thus serves as a hostess. As host, she understood the service of hospitality. Serve your guests with the necessity of comfort, conversation. Miriam had no formal role to play, and so except maybe to assist serving the Lord. So as Tosa, she understood hospitality. And we're going to see hospitality is a very important thing in the ancient Near East. So before uh, we begin, uh, I ask that we set aside our a priori opinions concerning Martha and Mary, and let's hear what the text states. You know, my favorite uh, uh, author, Abraham Joshua Heschel, is my favorite author. And he said, uh, uh, read what the text says, not read what you know. You get that? Because if we think we know something, we're going to miss something because we know what that text says. But we need to look at it with fresh eyes. So we're going to examine three areas in consideration that, that we'll be observing in the text. So these three, and I'll repeat them, are the appraisal of Yeshua, the priorities toward Yeshua, and choices made toward Yeshua. So the first was appraisal. Second is priority, and the third is choices. So we're going to look at those three areas, because if we're going to find out why Yeshua had the words to Martha and Miriam, we will find out what it is. So the first thing is appraisal. What's an appraisal? Maybe you watch the antique road show where they appraise a certain uh, vessel, some kind of a great article there, and they had no idea how much money it cost. They found out something you get a garage sale, turns out to be hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? How you appraise something. So how do you honor, how much do you think this person is worth or object? So Martha, let's look at Marta. Marta praises Yeshua as honored and precious and worthy of her hospitality. After all, it was her who invited Yeshua into her home. Not Miriam, it was Marta. She appraised Yeshua as valuable and honored and was to serve as an evadah. You know, evad is a servant in Hebrew. So the feminine form is evadah. She served as a servant to Yeshua. So that's what she saw her appraisal, uh, and that's what she saw her role. Miriam, how on the other side, appraises Yeshua as honored, precious, and worthy. After all, she was the one who sat down at his feet. So Marta appraises Yeshua as worthy, so she's going to serve as an Evadah. Miriam, on the other side, well, she honored Yeshua as well. She's going to sit at his feet. So we see that both Miriam and Martha both appraised Yeshua as honorable and worthy. So as in terms of appraisal, all parties agree that Yeshua is worthy of their, of their honor and host, or excuse me, honor and worthiness. 
So Miriam saw herself as a Talmudah. Talmud means disciple, the feminine form Talmudah. She saw herself as a disciple, or mathetes in Greek. So she saw herself as a disciple. So Martha saw herself as an evadah, as, as a servant. Miriam saw herself as a Talmudim, or Talmudah, excuse me, Talmudah, so a, a, a disciple. So now we're going to look at the roles of both Marta as a servant and Miriam as a disciple. So all parties express their devotion and honor in some facet, whether serving as an evid or, or a servant, or sitting and listening as a Talmud or disciple. So let's look at number two. We saw that the appraisal is equal in all cases. The second thing is priorities. So priorities is very important. In fact, we're going to see their priorities, their choices, make or break this entire passage. Priorities. Let's look at Martha first, Marta. Her priorities centered around hospitality. And hospitality is a very important thing in Scripture. It's committed throughout the Tanakh and the Brit Hadashah. As hostess, she prioritized her life around that moment as serving. At that moment, her idea of honoring the Lord, to appraising Him as honorable, is to serve. All right? This includes much preparation. You know, if you invite someone into your house, and let's just use a modern thing. If I invited you to, Janice, if I invited you to my house, you're probably not going to expect a great meal, but if I really want to honor you, I'm going to fix a great meal. So I'm going to go through all the preparations. So I'm thinking, okay, I got to do this. I need to put out this dish. I need to make this dish. I need to make this dish. You can see what's going on in her mind. She has all these distractions, what we call distractions. She wants to serve the Lord. So it's obvious she has a to-do list started. All right? So let's consider some examples of hospitality. If you want to turn to Genesis 18 for a minute, we'll look at some examples of hospitality. Now, there's a lot in chapter 18, and we're not going to go to the finer details. I just want to see the hospitality part. And I'm not even going to explain some of the things in this because it would take too long. Genesis 18.1. Now the Lord appeared to him, Abraham, by the oaks of Mamre, while he was sitting at the tent door in the heat of the day. He looked up his, looked up his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing opposite him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed down to the earth. Verse 3, and he said, My Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, please do not pass your servant by. Now listen to the hospitality here. Number one, please put a little water to be brought. Number two, wash your feet and rest under the tree. Three things there. Number four, I will bring a piece of bread that you may refresh yourselves, that you may go on since you have visited your servant. They said, go and do as you've said. Now wait a minute. They said, go and do what you said. They came with a message, did they not? The three visitors coming with a message for Avraham, saying, I'm going to see if, if, if uh, Sodom is about ready to be destroyed or not. They had a message, but Avraham first said, wait, let me go and be hospitable here. All right? Now look at verse 6, number 5. So Avraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, quickly prepare three measures of flour, knead it, and make bread. Number 6, Avraham ran to the herd and took a tender choice calf, gave it to the servant, and hurried to prepare it. 7, in verse 8, he took curds and milk and the calf which he presented, placed it before them, and he was standing by them under the tree as they ate. That, that, that'll preach on itself. So we see that Avram practiced lots of hospitality. Turn over a few pages to Genesis 19, 1-3. Now the two angels came, sitting at the gate to Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground and said, verse 2, now behold, my lords, 
please turn aside to your servant's house and spend the night. Wash your feet, then you may rise early and go your way. But they said, no, we'll spend the night in the, in the square. So he said, come, come inside. All right. Verse 3, yet he urged strongly so much that they turned aside and entered his house. So he prepared a feast for them and took and baked unleavened bread and they ate. See the hospitality going there. Now let's turn to the Brit Shah in Matthew 8. And this gets closer to our text, which is very fascinating, actually, if we read this. Matthew chapter 8. Remember that Martha here, Marta, is the, the, the hostess, right? Now we're going to see a similar situation here in Matthew 8, 14 and 15. And when, she, when Yeshua had come to Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying there sick with a fever. And he touched her hand and the fever left her, and she arose and sat at his feet. Is that what the text says? What does it say? She waited on him. Now, wait a minute. Why is it, in this case, a good thing for Martha, or excuse me, for Peter's mother-in-law to serve with Yeshua here with a message? And then Martha, it was a different time, a different occasion, yet it was wrong, or at least not the best choice. You see what I'm getting at? We have to read a greater context in just verses 38 to 42 here in, in, uh, in the Gospel of Luke. Uh, we also see, and we don't have to turn to it, in Romans 12, 13, we see hospitality is commanded by Paul. Hebrews 13, 1 to 2 states that we ought to practice hospitality for some may entertain angels unawares, referring back to Genesis 18 and 19. So Martha's very uh, hospitable act of welcoming or receiving them into her home actually serves as an example of what Yeshua taught earlier. Now to understand this text, and we're back here in Luke, to understand this passage in Luke, our pericope, our paragraph is verses 38 to 42. Turn your page in Luke 10 back to Luke 10, verse 1. You see, when the, when the, the scriptures were penned, there was no chapters and verse. There was no heading. I don't know about your Bibles, but my Bible here says Martha and Mary. That's just a heading that was arbitrarily put in there. We have to go back to chapter 10, the very first verse, because Luke is talking about service all the way through this chapter. So let's look at this. Let's read this. Luke 10, 1. Now after this, the Lord approached 70 others, and he sent them two by two ahead of him to every city and place where himself was going. He was saying to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. Go your ways. Behold, I send you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no shoes. Greet no one on the way. Whenever you come into the house, first say, Peace be to this house. Shalom to this house. And if a man of shalom is there, your peace will rest upon them. But if not, it will return to you. Stay in that house, eating and drinking what they give you. For the labor is worthy of the wages. Do not keep moving from house to house. And what's the end result? So the disciples sit at his feet, right? No, they don't sit at his feet. They go, all right? 17, and the 70, and, and the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are shepherd to us. So you see, they went, right? Now, if you were to look at this Martha passage, you would assume that the best thing for those disciples to do after Yeshua said, go out for them just to sit at his feet. But we say, no, that's wrong. The moment doesn't call for sitting. It calls for serving. Martha chose serving. Now that's interesting. So we see serving throughout this passage. Now let's go, uh, it's still here in Luke 10, let us go down to verse 25. 
Behold, a certain lawyer came and put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? What is written in the Tanakh? How does it read to you? And he answered and said, et Adonai Eloheka, right? We just sung that today. Live the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, everything. Right? And a passage from Vaikra 19.18 or Leviticus 19.18, love your neighbors yourself. Verse 28, he said, uh, you have answered correctly, do this and you will live. Verse 29, but the, the lawyer wishing to justify himself said, who is my neighbor? Goes on to talk about the good Samaritan. Remember, the priests come by and they see the, the guy who's been robbed, walks in the other side and goes away. Another person comes, a priest, a Levitical priest comes by, sees and walks in the other side. The Samaritan comes and stoops down, helps the guy. All this is talking about serving. Is there any mentioning of people sitting down? Not one thing. So we start out in Luke 10 of someone serving. We see the, 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 uh, the 70 disciples came back. They're still serving. And we see even in the, the question about who is my neighbor, the parable talks about getting up and serving. You see this serving, serving, serving. And then in our passage here, who started out? But Martha or Marta is serving the Lord. So, so far we see serving throughout this entire chapter. So you might be asking yourself, then why was Martha chastised? Hang on, we're getting there. So, Martha's priorities were many, and they end up unmanageable in this narrative. By necessity, Martha's priorities were different than her sister Miriam. So let's examine some priorities, all right? We need to look at these priorities. Miriam. Miriam's priority lay with sitting and, and listening to the guest of honor. You just got through singing a song, by the way, Shalitha, that, was, that, that you had no idea that your song was a fitter message here. Uh, the message, uh, in your presence, that's where I belong. In your presence, she chose to sit in his presence to honor him. After all, how many times are you going to have Yeshua come into your house? What an honor. What if Yeshua chose to meet at your house? It would be a big thing. She chose to sit and honor him by sitting and listening as a Talmud. There's a Talmudah, a disciple. So her priorities lay in sitting and listening to the guest of honor. She had a single focus. And we do this, right? Right? Single focus. My eyes are in you. Her focus was to sit, listen, and be taught. Not serving. That was where her priorities lay. Her priority had a singleness of purpose to replicate what she saw the disciples doing, which was sitting at his feet, listening. As a Talmudim, as disciples, they were disciples. Talmudim. We have looked at each sister's appraisal of Yeshua, their individual priorities. Now let's look at the third thing, which is their choices based on their priorities and their appraisal. If you have priorities, that's going to determine or dictate your choices. All right? How about Martha or Marta? Her priorities dedicate, uh, uh, dictated her choices. Her choice was to serve, not sit and listen. All right? That was her choice. She chose it. No one forced him. Yeshua didn't say, Martha, up, serve. You didn't see that? You see nothing in the, of anything at all in the text that talks about requiring her to get up. But as hostess, practicing, uh, practicing hospitality, she naturally made that her priorities. All right? So her choice was, uh, was, was certainly to get up and serve. It was not to sit and listen. So her choices for serving rather than sitting is not antithesis to devotion or praise or worship, nor commitment toward Yeshua at all. So service in behalf of Yeshua is expected, right? 
But after Yeshua sent them out two by two, the disciples out two by two, it would have been wrong for those disciples, and if you compare what's going on here, it would have been wrong for if the Yeshua said go out and, and, uh, and, and go out to the village, I'm going to come. It would have been wrong for them to sit in that circumstance at that time. But perhaps when Yeshua came, perhaps it wasn't the best time to be serving. Getting the drift here, there's a time and service for everything. Uh, so if we continue on here, serving and sitting and listening to the disciple are not at cross purposes at all. Both are required one, one function. Now, unless we assume that Miriam's uh, service denotes serving as inferior to sitting and listening, we need to understand what the word distracted means. Interesting, distracting. It's the Greek word paraspao, that's the, the root word, paraspao, to drag around. Where, where's, where's Henry Goulet when you need him now? Paraspao, to drag all around, to drag out, loaded this, you ever seen people with a ball bag, you know, those big those chains, and they're pulling around this thing right here. It's so heavy. Oh, I got all this to-do list. Oh my goodness, I have this and this and this. That's what it literally means, to drag around a weight. She was drugged down by her to-do list. Can anyone relate to that? To-do lists? They're long. You can delete. Those of us who are really busy, which is probably most of us, dragging around chain. To be loaded down. That's where you get the word distracted. She uses a euphemism. To be distracted, literally drag a weight, can mean to be serving. And yet, actually, this word distracting can mean someone who has something else. You have a single focus. You listen, then work a little bit, listen. So perhaps the text doesn't say but this Greek word paraspao may indicate that she came over to listen to Shua. Oh, I got to do this. I'm going to go over here. Over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I like, oh, wait a minute. I got to do this over here. You see what's going on? She could possibly, the text doesn't state it, but possibly she could have tried to listen in. I don't know if some of you have a kitchen or if you have guests in there, you're preparing, you're trying to listen at the same time. Perhaps it should be going on. We're not sure. Her choice. Martha's choice to serve at this point led her to be worn out with care and anger became kindled. She started looking at her sister and going, you know how the, the people use their eyes? And Martha's, and Miriam's just sitting there, yes, yes. Right? Could be a problem. That anger started kindling inside of her. Uh, now, now at this point, many expositors have posterized Martha, haven't they? They put her on a poster of busyness. And somehow Martha, and, and there's, there, Martha's berated, so many modern expositors say, oh, terrible Martha, she did that. And, but oh, saintly Miriam, she's so wonderful, she's singing at the Lord's feet. As if both of them were antithesis. But perhaps the thing was, is the choice made by the certain time they were being made. So we're going to see that there's something about the timing involved. So serving too much to the neglect of discipleship is a problem as well. Now, you see, as, as, a, as a hostess, you know, if you invited me to my house, or I, excuse me, if I invited you to my house, but I didn't show my face very much, you'd wonder, what kind of a hostess is this? What kind of host is that? You're not even, you invited me, but you're not, I don't even see you. But Marion gave him, we say, FaceTime. There was that service going on there. We see that the point of the narrative is not to discount service as serving and honoring as sitting as a disciple, but rather, and here's the focus, the time and the circumstances of the activity. 
Remember he said the disciples, if they were supposed to be going out and serving, go and leave, it had been wrong to sit. But here, the time and circumstances called for sitting, at least for the moment. How about Miriam? Miriam's choice was based upon her priority at that given moment. She was to sit and listen to Yeshua's feet. She's listening as a disciple. That's honorable. She was not the hostess. Her priority was single focus. It wasn't required upon Miriam to get up and help her sister. Now, maybe sisters, uh, they have this, I don't know, this understanding that if I look at you, that means come and help me. Don't know. But it wasn't her responsibility. Hers was to sit and lean and learn to feed of her Lord. Miriam now will not, unless you understand that Miriam's always sitting and Martha's always working, that's not the case. Sometimes people like to make that case. Well, well, Martha's always around, distracted, doing all this work, and good old Miriam, sitting at the Lord's feet. That's not always the way it works, because we find actually in John 12 that Miriam was one who washed Yeshua's feet with her hair. So she was serving at that capacity. So it's not always a case of, of serving is better than sitting at the feet, or sitting at the feet is better than serving. They both have their places. Here for this specific moment, hear me, this specific moment, Miriam made her choice based upon a priority of listening rather than serving. So now let's integrate the priorities and choices into this scenario. Let's integrate priorities and choices. Marta. Marta made her choices based upon a plurality of services. What I mean by that is all this to-do list. It wasn't like in those days, like, well, okay, I'll just go flip a hamburger on her, some fries. It, the preparation of food is a lot. There's also housework to be done around here. Perhaps if they want drinks, she has to go get drinks, has to make all the dishes, so there's a lot of work into that. Serving is a valid act of devotion. Now, in verse 40, the word much preparation. If you look at verse 40 in Luke 10. Martha was distracted with all her preparations. Now, maybe your version is a little different. It's, uh, you might have the word service or, or, or uh, ministry. The word here for preparation is literally diakonia. It's where we get our word deacon. It's related to the word deaconos or shamus. We have shamus here. That's a deacon. So it means to be a shamus, basically. She was busy doing so many service and ministry for the Lord. That was her distraction. Now, those of you who are shamans in here, and those who are leaders, Zedekim, one of the things that we have a problem with, we have too many things on our plate. Now, hey, these guys are in a conference, so let me give you a little heads up here. Sometimes we need to take some of the stuff off their plate because they have a lot to do. And maybe if they ask us to do something, it might be a good idea for us to see if we might be able to help them out. Because their plates are heavy, I'm telling you, our, their plates are full of things to do. And that brings up another point, and that is this. Uh, if, if sometimes we have a hard time, I'm speaking we, a uh, part of the we, because I'm one of those ones that always wants to do things and will say no to nobody. Those of us who are busy need to say no, and those who are not so busy need to say yes. So just a little word while there, because they'd never admit to it probably there, So just so we would know we're on the same page here. So maybe we need to help out uh, those who have a full plate. Now, if everyone sat at the feet of Miriam, or excuse me, sat at the feet of Yeshua, if everyone did that, what would the work going to get done, right? Conversely, if we all decide, well, I'm just going to come and sit. Now, maybe you're in a church setting and you serve somewhere else, that's fine. But I'm saying if you are in the kingdom of God as a servant, we need to constantly be involved in some capacity. But to sit all the time when service needs to be done would be wrong at that point too, wouldn't it? Priorities again, isn't it? 
Also note that this pericope does not assign character flaw. Now, let's look at this text here when, when Yeshua says this. Now, see if this is in your version. Verse 41. Martha, Martha, you are always worried and bothered about so many things. Is that what you read? Does it say always? Does any of your versions say always? There's not a character that says Simon is there. It's not that Martha's always this way. It's just here at this particular moment. Conversely, look down here in verse 42. Mary has always chosen the good part. Do you have the word always in your Bible? Always is not there. This is not a character assignment for Miriam. Neither one had a character assessment being made by Yeshua. So Yeshua does not speak about character assignment here. Now, Miriam made her choice by sitting to learn not to serve alongside her sister. Her choice was based on her priority of being disciple. Do you see where their priority matches what they're doing, their choice? The entire pericope now, this entire uh, paragraph from 38 to 42, hinges on three factors found in verse 41 to 42. Let's read 41 and 42. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only a few things are necessary, really only one. Mary has chosen a good part which shall not be taken away from her. These three factors are these. Personal choice, precise, precise timing, and personal responsibility. Look at these three things. The factor of personal choice. Was Martha free to make her choice of serving? Absolutely. Was Miriam had the choice to sit at their feet? Sure. Their choices. They chose. Martha was free to make her choice based on priorities. Her choice was to serve, not sit. Miriam was free to make her choice based upon her single priority, which was to sit, not serve. Neither Martha nor Mary uh, were rebuked for making their own choices. Do you see anywhere in the text where Yeshua goes to Martha and said, your choice to serve off the bat is wrong. You only see it when Martha comes with her complaint. You see that? Beforehand, the text does not mention the fact that Yeshua had rebuked Miriam for making a wrong choice, or excuse me, a right choice, and for Martha to make a, to, to make a, a wrong choice. Either one, you only find it when she comes complaining. See that? So uh, they're not rebuked for their own choices. The, the difference lay in the second point, and the second factor is precise timing. Martha made a choice based upon a precise moment in time her choice was not the best for this scenario. See what I'm saying? Her choice on another case would have been great. But at this moment in time, her priorities were not the best at this moment in time. So she chose to serve. Miriam had the better choice. Okay? So Martha, or excuse me, Miriam made a choice now based upon a precise moment in time. Her choice was commended by Yeshua as being the best choice for that specific moment. It doesn't say it in the text, but obviously when you read the rest, it's the timing when this is done. Yeshua was not making a reductionistic assessment of sitting all the time, Trump's standing up and serving all the time. I'm going to borrow a Kenny Rogers song. You, some of you might remember this. You got to know when to serve him, know when to sit with him, know when to walk away, right? That, can, can you relate to that? We got to learn, we got to know when to serve, when to sit. To borrow that Kenny Rogers song, oh Kenny Rogers. <laughs> 
Or to borrow Shlomo's priority in Ecclesiastes 3.1. Remember, Ecclesiastes 3.1 has a great one. There is a season for everything under the sun. Now, one of these, uh, these uh, there's a time for sit. It could be there's a time for serving, a time for sitting, a time for refraining from serving, a time to refrain, to listen. You have all those kind of things you could add in there. It's not actually in the text, but, but you could actually put in there, there's a time for serving and a time for sitting. Both of them are required, but know the certain time. Knowing when to execute a choice is of paramount importance. We as kingdom citizens cannot prize service as being better than sitting. Both of them must be harmonious balance. We need to know when to serve and know when to sit. We need to know when our priorities are correct and when they're out of bounds. And perhaps the reason why we're so frustrated or always wore out with no energy is our priorities are out of whack or our choices based on those priorities are not the best in the world. Martha picked a time that wasn't so good. Martha chose the wrong time to serve. Miriam chose the right time to serve. So we see that uh, Miriam and Martha had executed their choices based on her priorities. Now, it's interesting. Did you know that Luke is the only gospel writer to have this in the text? No other gospel writes about Mary and Martha. All right? Now, what's interesting here is what about the chutzpah of Martha, right? Look down here at verse 40. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the serving? You know, see where it says, do you not care that? Well, have we heard that before? Do you remember when disciples in a boat is about ready to be over, overturned? And, and he woke up to Yeshua sitting asleep at the stern and says, Lord, Lord, don't you care we're drowning? It's interesting how they're coming up here again. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work? All right? So now here's the problem. Here's the issue here. Had Martha not gone to Yeshua and says, Lord, make my sister do this, Yeshua probably would have never mentioned a word about her choice. Had she just went about, did her serving, let Miriam sit, there would be all right, no problem. And it would probably never found its way in the Bible. Because then, what is there to say? It's all hunky-dory, right? It's all working fine. It's because Martha came to Yeshua and said, Lord, make her choose my choice. You can't make another person, you can make it difficult, but you can't force someone to make that choice. So let's look at the factor of personal responsibility in the last few minutes here. Martha made a personal choice. The responsibility was upon her shoulder. Mary made a personal choice. Responsibility is on Miriam's shoulder. But Martha's second wrong momentary choice was what she got in trouble for. She tried to triangularize. You know what a triangulization is? Is where you have two parents and a child, and a child figures, you know, I can get my way if I get one of my parents to agree with me. And then it's two versus one. So it's like this triangulization. So she comes and said, she comes over here and says, make my sister come and help me. Like she thought that would work, right? So it's triangulization, trying to force her to re-choose to serve alongside her sister. What chutzpah she did. Think about the chutzpah she had, the audacity. She goes before Yeshua and doesn't say where in his message he was, but if he's sitting there teaching, it'd be like if someone came over here, it'd be like if my wife comes over and says, Peter, Peter, wait a minute, we got to do such and such. Wait a minute, I'm in teaching here. What chutzpah for someone to come up to interrupt her first and then to almost chastise Yeshua for not making her choice. Do you see where problems were coming? 
was not because she chose to serve, but because she tried to force her sister into a wrong choice that she should have made, right? Had Martha not tried to leverage her honored guest to relieve her wrong choice for the moment, it's doubtful that we'd have ever had this narrative at all in the Bible. The point of this narrative as Luke presents it is that one needs to make a personal choice that takes into account the timing of either serving or sitting. Serving is not a good time when the occasion calls for sitting and listening to the master. Sitting is not a good time when the occasion calls for serving. Yeshua refused to make Miriam's volitional choice Martha's choice. She refuses to say, yeah, Martha, Martha, you need to go help your sister. He refused to do that. It was Martha's choice and Miriam's choice. They chose. The problem came is when Martha tried to force Miriam to choose her choice and her priorities, and Yeshua refused. Do you remember the time when uh, Yeshua was teaching? I can't remember exactly what gospel it was. And, and right in the middle of his teaching, someone said, Lord, make my brother share the inheritance. And he said, man, who'd made me your lawyer? It's not his point. That, it's not his purpose to do that. He's not interrupting. That was their choice, not his. By way of practical application, what if we have a guest speaker comes with us? Say we had oh, I don't know, any number of our guest speakers, and you know we have Onig afterwards, and say we all filed into the place for Onig, right? And there's no food at the table, and we all sit. When is food going to be served? I'm just sitting here. I'm just sitting here. You think that would be a wrong timing for that? There's a right time and a wrong time for sitting and serving. How might this narrative be set straight? How might this narrative be set straight? This is fascinating. Here's how it would have gone down. Martha invites Yeshua to come in. They come in, they sit down. Martha, here's Miriam sitting at his feet. Martha, Martha comes, and she sits next to her sister. They both listen. Great. And at some point, maybe toward the end, Mir, uh, uh, Martha whispers to Miriam, Hey, let's go up and serve, serve supper to the people. Okay. And so Miriam and Martha both come over here, and then they start hospitality. Hey, what a novel idea. But guess what? That had never been in the Bible, would it? But no point for it, right? That's the way it should have gone down. But without that, without the whole thing of, of Martha, had Martha never opened her mouth, none of this would ever come out. We wouldn't have any of this in any of the Gospels at all. But because there was a timing involved and the circumstance, that dictated things. So how about personal application? I'm not, come at, I'm not coming with you like... Here's 10 points to get your life right. It's not my staff. It's not my business. It's, it's yours personally. We talk about choices, responsibilities, priorities. Each of us have to appraise our values that reflect the priorities of the kingdom of God. That's your responsibility, my responsibility. If you have family and children, you have a lot of priorities and you have to balance those. I can't tell you as a third party or second party how you should prioritize your life. That's your responsibility. Just like I have my own personal responsibility. So the, pro the responsibility belongs to us. Busyness in this present world, however, cannot be an excuse for minimizing the responsibilities of the kingdom of God. We have busy lives, but the kingdom of God is of paramount importance, and we need to be focused on the kingdom of God, not so much on this world. Yes, we live in it, but are not of it. Each of us have to assess our own personal responsibilities and priorities based upon varying factors for the given moment in time. For the given moment in time. For the given moment in time. No one can make these priorities for us. They are all our own responsibility. 
Personal responsibility is a personal choice is just that. We need to take personal responsibility for our own choices, which are based upon our own priorities. Never blame others for your choice. Mary made a choice. Martha made a choice. We need to make sure that we don't go and blame someone else for making the wrong choice. That's their, their choice. We can tell them maybe he didn't make the right choice, which Yeshua was doing. Yeshua by no means was lamblasting Martha, saying, oh, you terrible, wicked woman. He was just saying, you made the wrong choice. I'm not going to counterman Miriam's right choice for a wrong choice. So the issue was not that serving was wrong, nor was sitting right, except that at that moment in time, it called for sitting, not serving. So do you see what's the difference here? It's the time and circumstance of those choices being, being made. So personal choice is just that. We need to take responsibility for it. So we cannot, uh, we cannot coerce other people to make our choice. Or we should not, I should say. We do it all the time, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> Never ask Yeshua, Lord, make her do whatever my way. When I was younger, younger in the faith, they say, Lord, make that boss hire me. Lord, make that. That's not going to happen. Lord doesn't make someone do something, at least not in the classic case we understand it. We have to make that choice. Never ask Yeshua, Lord, make her accept my choice when the issue is my own personal choice. The timing of a personal choice is critical. If the moment calls for service as a servant, serve. If we sit instead, it will be our sin. But if the moment calls for sitting, standing up and serving would be our sin, or at least it would be a bad choice. It was the case of Martha, or Marta, her, her choice is wrong. Some of us who serve in multiple capacities need to say no when asked to serve in another capacity, and others need to step up when asked to say yes. Last two points. Finally, we need to revisit our priorities from time to time to see if we're in step with the Ruach HaKadosh. You know, in Galatians 5, it talks about if, we're, if we are in the Spirit, we should keep in step with the Spirit. That word is peripateo, which means to keep in step. Like this is a military term, you're keeping in a nice... You don't want to lag behind. What happens in a, in a battle line if people get left behind? They get knocked off, don't they? So keep in step. So we need to make sure that our priorities from time to time are correct. Because we live in a busy world and our priorities can get out of whack. And finally, let us all serve when the occasion calls for it. At the same time, sit and learn when the occasion calls for it. So may we all revisit our priorities from time to time. Amen? Father, I thank you that you have given us responsibility to make priorities. You've given us responsibility of executing choices. Father, you've given us the ability to appraise you, whether you're worthy of this or not. Father, I, I pray that we might appraise you as so honorable and so wonderful that we desire to serve you when the occasion calls for it, and other times to sit and listen at your feet, such as devotions or, or Torah study or anything else that might be good toward that end. Father, help us to know when the time to serve and when to sit. Father, I pray we might be able to listen to the, the gentle whisper. Father, in our, in our uh, Haftor portion, Elijah heard a still small After he heard the earthquake and the fire and the, uh, the wind, a still small voice. May we hear that still small voice if you are wooing us to stop serving instead sit. Or if we're sitting, we need to get up to serve. Father, give us the grace to understand the time and to execute our choices based on proper priorities, proper choices, and proper appraisal of you. In the name of Yeshua, our Lord. Amen.